it took me a while and it wasn't a case of like I want to do this straight away I did think about it and it was a scary thing to do and spoke to a lot of people and to, to get out that mindset and you know, every time I got paid in the 15th of month I kept thinking that's not going to happen if I leave From GoFounder it's Business Knobs Why is it called Business Knobs you might ask well there might well be a few knobs on the podcast me being one of them But what it stands for is business, no bullshit. This podcast series is all about the trials, tribulations and occasional successes of starting and growing a business without the Hollywood filter. I'm Eddie Whittingham and on the show today I'm joined by Shalina Begum to talk openly about what it's really like to make that jump from being an employee to your own boss. A lot of people think about starting their own business, but when push comes to shove, a lot of people never seem to quite make that jump. Sometimes it can be through fear, trepidation or personal circumstances. In fact, making the jump can be one of the biggest barriers to starting your own business in the first place. And saying goodbye to my job that I was doing was really hard. And when I decided that I'm going to do this, I spent two weeks just crying because I was excited but crying that I was leaving behind something and worried that what if I don't get that feeling back. Shalina is an award-winning journalist, a title she's had for over 20 years and most recently the business editor of the Manchester Evening News. She spent her entire working career covering stories about new businesses and interviewing the entrepreneurs behind those successes and of course the failures. Only, Shalina isn't a journalist anymore. She's a brand new business owner, having decided to take the plunge and start her own PR and media company. We joined Shalina just weeks into starting her own business to talk about what the transition from employment to being the CEO of a one-man band is really like. Oh, and a quick note just before we start. Apologies, the sound isn't perfect in places throughout this episode. Much like most new ventures, this is definitely a learning process. So please bear with it. You'll soon forget about it. So, Shalina, today what I wanted to talk about was that moment people decide to leave employment and go into becoming a startup owner. It's quite a big moment in everyone's lives, particularly on that startup journey. Obviously, you're very new to your own business, so what better time to sort of delve into that, really? So just to start with, could you just give me a brief bit of history about, you know, what you've done for the last however many years, <laughs> and we'll go into a bit more detail. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I've been a journalist for the um, past 21 years, and if you asked me 10 years ago, I think I'd have said I'd be a journalist for the rest of my life, and I think maybe you know, that will never go away. Yeah. But um, the last 10 years, I've been doing business journalism. Um, the past five years, I've been said for the Manchester Evening News. So I've spent a lot of time in the past decade interviewing other entrepreneurs. And when you interview entrepreneurs and business owners and startups, and you feel part of this like growth journey in Manchester, you can't help but get excited about the possibilities that can happen. And, you know, these people are doing it and... I always thought, if they can do it, why can't I? But then, I've, that's it, I've never really thought much more about it. But um, in December, I turned 40. 
and I started thinking about the next stage of my career. I wasn't sure what that was going to be, but it was in the back of my mind that, you know, I could do this for another couple of years, but, you know, at some point I did want to make a change. I wasn't sure what that change would be. And then the pandemic happened and lockdown and it's been tough on all industries, including the media. Yeah. And the group, Reach PLC, were making redundancies and chance for voluntary redundancy came up and I just thought maybe this is the time to take that leap you know I was at home for a while I was furloughed unfurloughed and it just gave me time to think about it a bit more and maybe had I been working still and pandemic hadn't happened I might not have given it much thought but being at home with the kids just made me think about the next stage of my career and Mm. fact that I probably did want to spend more time at home and just gave me that kickstart that I needed and you know it took me a while and it wasn't a case of like I want to do this straight away I did think about it and it was a scary thing to do and spoke to a lot of people well, yeah you've been in employment for 21 years 21 years yeah and to get out that mindset and you know, every time I got paid on the 15th of the month I kept thinking that's not going to happen if I leave absolutely and that's <laughs> one of the biggest fears <laughs> so um but you know having the opportunity to take voluntary redundancy meant that I don't have to worry and panic about it too much. And maybe if I hadn't had that, I probably would still be working. That's interesting. I think that's a good point. Because I think you, I think most people who go on to start their own businesses tend to have a, a trigger, for want of a better phrase. So it's either maybe that they're not enjoying their job, which was which was my case. I I was in a role that I didn't love, and I just thought, is this is this everything? Am I going to do this forever? Um, and my, I guess the trigger that set me off to, to then start my own was I got a chance to join a business accelerator program, which at the time I thought, you know, it was too good an opportunity to turn down. And that was what gave me the kick up the backside really to, to do it. Obviously in your case, it's a actual voluntary redundancy. Yeah. And then in other cases it can be enforced redundancy. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. But it um, gives you a kick to, to do it. Absolutely. I mean, I love my job Yeah. And, and it was never a case of like, I, I didn't like it. I absolutely loved my job, and you know, what have I, you done? It's just, <laughs> just um, you know, I don't think I would have got to twenty-one years as a journalist if I didn't enjoy what I was doing. True. And there was never a moment thought, I know, I hate this. It was, it was, that was never the case. Um, I just really enjoyed what I was doing. It was just, this was for me, and you know, it was a, something for me to do differently, and you know, maybe to make more money, spend more time with the kids, just having a different direction and saying goodbye to my job that I was doing it was really hard yeah and you know when I decided that I'm going to do this I spent two weeks just crying because I was excited but crying that I was leaving behind something and mm. worried that what if I don't get that feeling back <laughs> yeah we'll go into that in a bit more detail later on because I think that's really a really common feature of when you move from employment to being on your own initially typically is what most startups do um it's quite a big change so we'll touch on that uh, shortly so one thing i wanted to delve a little bit more into there was obviously you've spent a career really interviewing entrepreneurs business founders etc um you, you kind of alluded to that uh, had rubbed off on you a little bit do you think without that you'd have still wanted to perhaps do your own thing or, or has it been being around that has really triggered it oh no absolutely I think being around entrepreneurs um has definitely triggered it I mean when you 
speak to business owners and businesses who are doing really well and the sort of men and women behind it. Um, I mean, one trait they've all got is that they're all hardworking, um, they're really passionate, um, they just, you know, Very they really naive. believe, <laughs> yeah, but they also believe in what they're doing yeah. and, you know, those that have made that step, made that journey and it's working, you can see where they're going, you can see, and they're employing people and you know, they're, they're part of a, of a bigger picture and, you know, you can't help but walk away from that feeling excited for them and then feeling excited about the possibilities of doing something yourself and you've had a really unique look at the whole ecosystem particularly obviously being based in manchester um i guess probably what surprised me when i first started out into business i've got no one in my family who's in business um in my in-laws i have but not in my immediate family and i didn't probably appreciate that there's so many different ways to make money i know that sounds ridiculous but i didn't appreciate that you can have very successful businesses in very unusual niches um and i i probably didn't i've always just kind of had a very naive and narrow view of that growing up but actually you've probably had that real unique insight to see all of the different types of businesses all of the different industries and you know the people behind the successes and, and obviously sometimes the failures oh, oh yeah i mean like um i'm a bit, bit like yourself um if i joined the business desk it was just you sort of think you need a product yeah. and then you just sell that product and you either shop or a website to, to do it and that's not the case. You know, you know who, who knew that you could make money on Instagram and social media yeah. and that's you know, a big market now. So things have definitely um, changed. Do you think you, without the voluntary redundancy, would you be sat here right now as the owner of your own business? I don't think so. I, I think it might have happened in a couple of years' time. I think I might have needed a different kind of push to, to get to that point because um, I, I was already thinking about the next part of my journey yeah. and I've done 21 years with the um, company and I thought where do I do the next 21 years and you decided on your own yeah <laughs> yeah but when I just remember something and I completely forgot about it about seven eight eight years ago I did actually tr- try to set up a business selling um, homemade soaps I completely forgot about that. How did it go? Um, not well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I call it the Posh Soap Company. <laughs> In fact, I made, I did a website. I um, got the soaps which I hadn't made for someone else and I tried to sell them online and I never sold a single soap. And <laughs> the only inquiry I had was during the pandemic when people were desperately looking for soaps. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you never know, yeah. But it's interesting. So a lot of, a lot of people who start businesses, they will often start with a... A pet project, maybe yeah, that, that yeah. you know fails quickly, often. Um, but that I'm sure you've probably learned quite a lot from that. So I hope you set up this time, presumably. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think I think what uh, it made me think I need to do something that I'm going to be passionate about. Um, and yeah, so presumably you weren't passionate about so. No, no. I mean, I like using it. and I like the smell of it. <laughs> yeah. But probably like selling it, it probably wasn't my, my my passion project. Yeah. So this is an interesting point then. So obviously you have now set up your business, doing what you've specialised in for so long. Yeah. Yeah. In in a, in a bit of a different arena. So I'm mainly doing PR, marketing, communications for for the firms. But my specialism is in writing in that content. Yeah. And you know, writing it in a way that you know I, as an editor, would then want to use it. So that's where I'm um, coming from. So something on the other side is a bit different. But it's interesting because you're still putting to use your skills oh, like hundred percent. Like it's, it's, I think because sometimes, not 
that it's always the wrong thing to do because it's not. Some people are very successful where they'll go into an arena they've never been in before and be successful. Yeah. However, if people are looking for a, shall we say, a better bet, uh, it's often looking at your own skills, oh. your own connections, and what can you utilize because they're not necessarily the. Um, they're not always going to be a success, obviously, but it it probably gives you an, a slightly better footing yeah. to get started. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's that's. I mean, yeah. When I first launched this, um, it was looking at my skill set and what I'm good at, and you know, when I you know gone and met clients, potential clients. I do feel like I'm doing my old job again because yeah. it's you know meeting somebody, it's getting to find out who they are and about their business, and it's about write, writing about them and then trying to sell it into the um, press and media. So um, it's been a couple of times in the mornings I'm like gone and taking my notepad with me. It has felt like that. So like definitely I've um, had to utilize my skills and my relationships to do this. So speaking about those old days, you sort of mentioned it's a sort of a bittersweet when you set up your own company and, and you know I can go into this in a bit of detail as well so you've obviously gone from a very busy work environment to then setting up on your own what has that transition been like from employee to owner of a startup um <laughs> so after a couple of weeks of crying and thinking about <laughs> what have I done um I'm now you know, not being able to switch off has been quite hard I think that's something that's probably massively underestimated so I've I always struggled with that. I think, you know, when I, when I was an employee, I was very, very good at going in at eight o'clock, doing my work, clocking in. Whatever time I finished, sometimes it might have been late, but I clocked off. Yes. And so when I shut my eyes at, at night to go to sleep, I went to sleep. Yep. Whereas I think the biggest thing I struggled with was even I'd be sat watching telly and I'd be in the back of my mind playing through well, if I do this, I can do that. And if I if I achieve this, I can do that. Or if I work on this bit really hard, then I can get that bit out by next week. And it, it never stopped. Um, and I don't think that ever stops. I know you're very early into the journey and that, that won't stop, but you be, you just get better at dealing with that, I think, and, yeah. and adjusting to that. But that's, yeah. that was a really big challenge for me, I think, just not, not ever feeling like I could turn off. And my missus laughs at it because she, you know, I, I rarely would relax I'd always want in I think that's a feature of trying to start your own business to be honest is you very rarely relax anyway I think that's the sort of person that tends to start businesses yeah and I've also found that I've said yes to a lot of things just went yes 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 because I thought I need to start thinking about money and income coming in so I just said yes and I'm glad I said yes to everything that I have done because it's all been really interesting projects interesting clients but I have to remind myself that there's only me yeah, and I can't say yes to everything because I'm I'm not doing other people, not giving them good service. So I have to now start thinking about how to be more strategic about it. You know, eventually I'd like to have a team of people that can do it, but I'm not at that stage yet. So and I don't want to be taking people on and giving them false promises either. So I'm really aware of that. And you know, I've we were talking about builders earlier. You know, can over promise on delivering such a thing, and then you know you're always like disappointed. I don't want to be that builder. Yeah. So um, I'm already aware of that. And um, you know, time management is more important to me than ever before. And I think that's something that people should understand, particularly when they're first starting out, is you might not be making loads of money when you first start out mm. because you, you're, you're busy trying to graph for that new work, but your commodity there is time. Yep. So I was 100% guilty of saying yes to everything. 
and a lot of the opportunities that were put in front of me, I look back now, were a complete waste of time. And I, and I spent a long time chasing a unicorn yeah. when I should have been saying yes to the, the stuff that would build the yes. business. Yeah. Um, one of the bits of advice I got from a good friend of mine, um, which is really obvious, but it, but it's one I try and stay true to now, is, is this going to help get you money? Whether that's it's doing something that's going to attract new clients or it's doing something that's actually servicing the new clients, whatever it be. How close to the money is it? And if it's not, if it's going to waste your time. Say no and, and be confident enough to say no in the early stages, which I definitely wasn't. I was just a yes man. You know, any opportunity, even if it was absolutely rubbish, I'd say yes to. No, no I, I mean, <laughs> I've said no to a few things because um, I knew straight away that um, it's Good. services for free, which, you know, I, don't, I can't afford to do that. Correct. So um, I was going to say, one of the things that I wanted was more, probably more time with the kids and a bit more freedom. Um, and that's I just, in my head, when I launched this business, I thought in the summer, it'd be nice to like have a cottage somewhere, take the kids away. And I'll still be working, but it'd be six weeks off with the kids. And that's sort of my, um, in my head, that's my um, sort of dream. Um, but I've had to park that whole like yeah. idea of like, I'm going to be working three days a week. Because the, days a week I've the got reality myself. of that situation, you'd be in a cottage working on a laptop with kids running around yeah. the cottage is on fire <laughs> you've got a hose in one hand you're typing with the other yeah so um yeah another thing I've, I've quite quickly realized is that um because i am starting out that i'm not gonna is working full time you know and it might not be that you know i work um nine to five you know working every day but there is some flexibility but, you know, the idea of, like, one day is going to be complete to myself, um, that's not going to happen just yet. No, probably not. Um, and, I, and again, that's, I think that's a good thing to raise because it's not easy and it, it involves a lot of hard work and there's a lot of rubbish out there on the internet about get rich quick and all this sort of stuff and it, it paints a picture that, you know, there's an entrepreneurial lifestyle of, just living the dream and actually the reality of running a business, starting a business and even going on to be successful is it's a lot of hard work. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I've ever interviewed an entrepreneur who said this was easy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they've had to, you know, they've had to make sacrifices. They've, you know, worked in their bedroom for a year. They've, you know, relationships have been hard and they've sacrificed a lot to get to where they are. It's not an easy journey for anybody. And and if it does, you know, people say, oh, yeah, come to my webinar and I'll t show you how to make a million pounds. You know, that's just complete BS. Yeah, absolutely. So touch upon sacrifices. You've, you're quite in early into your journey as a startup owner, but, you know, presumably you will have already had to make some sacrifices. What, what do you think have been the biggest sacrifices you've had to make from, from starting even only recently? I think my um, time... You know, just sounds, you know, like I enjoy going to the gym. And when I was working, I always find time for the gym. You know, it was always that time. But right now, I've been to the gym once in the last six weeks. I've been for a run twice. So it's like personal time that I'm uh, missing. But I'm still very early on in my journey. Just and to interject, why do you think that is then? Why do you think you've not found the time now? Because I think when I was working, I knew I'd be in at eight, finish at four. And then, you know, I'll race at home half an hour. And, I'm, you know, I always used to go past by the gym. So I, you know, quick 20 minutes. And I do that three, four times a week and then pick the kids up. And I made my time at the gym. But because I'm working and I've got clients and I need to do their work, I can't just leave at four and then go to the gym for half an hour. You know, if I remember to eat lunch, that's 
a good thing. Weird, um, isn't it? Because I did exactly the same. So, you know, I, I would genuinely be sat on a, say, Saturday morning with the intention of watching the telly or Sunday morning watching Match of the Day, whatever it be. And I'd sit and watch 10 minutes of it and I'd just be thinking, I could just get that bit more work done. And I'd go and crack open the laptop and not not have that downtime. Um, and I think it is hard to find that balance. Oh, completely. And I think because I'm so new and I'm because I've you know just started off recently, um, I spent I've spent a lot of time meeting people. So a lot of like running around Greater Manchester, meeting people in different like cafes and stuff, trying to get that business. And, and now it's time to actually do the work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's again finding that balance of like meeting people and actually doing the work. Because like I said, I don't want to be that person that promises something and then can't deliver. And I'm really conscious about that because I've been on the other side of it. Yeah, and you've got the whole needing to find new work as well as delivering on the yes, work. Yeah. And, I, and I think people sometimes get caught up in one or the other. Yeah. Either they just focus too much on new work that they end up annoying all the clients. Yeah. Or they're just so focused on delivering such a perfect service for the clients, which should be commended, but isn't always that sensible that they don't focus on the new work and then the work drops off a cliff you know it's it's, it's a slow process we, and I'm, I'm picking stuff up I'm learning stuff and I'm like realizing actually I don't need to say to somebody oh yeah I'll meet you for coffee tomorrow yeah you know I'm happy to say now that I can't do it in two weeks because I've got quite a busy schedule and it's just I think uh, over the weeks I'm just learning how to manage my time a bit better and knowing what to prioritize and what not to so that transition between an office place and then you know being by yourself with a laptop what's that been like I find that hard I um I miss having people to bounce ideas off yeah um so when I left it's, it wasn't just me that left um one of my former colleagues um Lucy Roo um who's used to work with me and my team she's also left so we're sort of um it was me and it's been nice to have someone to speak to about leaving yeah and you know if I've got some you know if if I got ideas, I'm constantly ringing Lucy up. I'm like, "What do you think about this?" Or bouncing ideas off Lucy. But I miss that having that team, and you know, it'd be nice, you know, if I met a client and to be able to come back to maybe an office environment to say, I've "Got this client, you know, let's look at doing a 12 month strategy for them." But I'm on it in it on my on my own, and yeah, it's a lonely world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you know, eventually, I hope I, c- I could have a team that's that's the aim and i'm able to do that but at the moment i really miss that yeah and, and I, I can echo that i i my background was in the police obviously a very sort of camaraderie driven mm. uh, environment to then being in the law firm which was slightly different but still had people around you etc um and then yeah i remember that sort of first day on my own with my laptop thinking right no one to bounce ideas off no one to help me out or share the work with or whatever it might be and I think one of the most useful things that I did was have an or slowly build a network of people in the similar boat which sounds like you're already doing which is great because I think you just still need people to bounce ideas off and you still need people to hopefully rant and rave at or share successes with um yeah and I think people underestimate how lonely it can be by yourself otherwise yeah oh definitely um at the Manchester News you know I miss having not just being in the office with a team of people, I miss that buzzy, newsy environment. And you, you, know, you feel like you're part of something quite big. And, you know, I've taken myself out of that. And that's been hard to do. For, and, and I do miss it. And it's getting easier. Yeah. <laughs> I think I always miss. Yeah, I think so. Being I like part I, of it. I, you know, I've been out of the police, crikey, 
seven years, still miss mm. the old colleagues and the laughs and, you know, all that camaraderie. I don't miss, obviously, a lot of the rubbish that you get with being a police officer, but I'm, I'm, I miss that and I'll probably never, you know, never get that back. You might get your own team, but it'd be slightly different because then you'll be the boss. So it's slightly different dynamic again. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's all part of the journey, and I th- and you know what what you have the benefit of being able to do. I think when you've been in a workplace or number num- numerous workplaces, you've got the benefit of picking up the best bits of leadership and things like that. So you'll be able to instill that in your team yeah, as, as yeah. and when that grows. Yeah, I also found that about you, but um, I think you've had a similar experience. Um, you know, relationships. Um, Having a strong relationship is really important, no matter what you do. And you know, when I've stepped out to do this, the amount of people that have reached out to me because they've had that relationship with me has been, you know, just it's been incredible. I know a lot of the clients that have gone but now have been from people that I've met or people that they knew. Who I know it's just that network of people. It's been so important. If you've got a good relationship, you know, there's nothing wrong with utilising that. Absolutely not. But at the same time, should. you know, relationships are Im- important and, you know, making sure that, you know, you make them work. And, you know, I've, I've, I've always felt like, I've always treated people like they were, you know, how I would want to be treated. And that's always been my thing. And it's really sort of helped me now when I'm on my own, people being able to, like, ask me, you know, can you do something for me? You know, can I introduce you to so-and-so? And... And it's funny how those relationships, even from years back, play a role. So when I was building the Defence Works, one of the things that we were looking to do was create some sort of like comedy sketches. So back when I was in the police, on my days off sometimes, bear in mind I was full-time, I would go and volunteer at a radio station just because I'd have a Tuesday, Wednesday off. My mates were all at work, so I was like, well, I don't want to sit around in Leeds doing nothing all day. So I went and volunteered at a radio station just for something to do. Um, Met a couple of lads um, who had their own radio show. They went on to do comedy shows. So this is, you know, we're going back 10 years, maybe more. And then when I was building the Defence Works, we reached back out to them, having had a good relationship with them. And it got them involved in the business. Um, and it's quite funny because had I not got out of my comfort zone ten over 10 years ago, wouldn't have had that relationship and been able to get them involved. Mm. And it's, it's funny, over time you build up all these relationships and you probably don't appreciate what they're going to mean right now to you. But, you know, if anyone's thinking about starting their own business or maybe they're not thinking about it right now, but they're planning to do it in five years' time, you'd be surprised what relationships right now will be useful yep. to you then. No, I completely agree. I mean, one of my clients is someone that I met 20 years ago. Well, fab. So what is one of the biggest aspects or some of the biggest aspects that you think people need to consider before they make the jump um so i touch on before I, I think make sure you're passionate about what you want to do because if you're not passionate about it i don't think you're gonna give the time and effort to do it you know if it's not working out for example the way you want want it to work out you can easily sort of go out the window and you're back to square one wanting to do um something else um and like we said earlier um it's not going to be easy you know, um, I was speaking to somebody who runs a digital agency and what they were saying is that because of the pandemic, a lot of people are now setting up their own businesses and, yeah. you know, and set, you know, creating your own website is, is very easy to do these days. You can go on WordPress or GoDaddy or, you know, one of the many programs that you could do it yourself. But that's the easy bit. Um, 
But if people can't find your website on Google, then you're not going to sell any products. So it's other stuff to consider, like SEO and all that. And he was just saying the amount of people that are coming to him because, like, nobody's coming to our website. And that's because that's the easy bit. There's so much more to um, consider. So with any business, it's not just I've got an idea. It's, you know, how, how do you then sell that idea to people? How do you reach your audience? And it's a bit of a mind build, truth oh, be told. Because yeah. I, I very much thought, just need a website and then yeah. everyone will find me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's like not that. that you know, there's, like I say, there's setting up a website, there's even your branding, then there's getting people to somehow find your website. You've got social channels to maintain. You've got outreach to complete. It, the list is, is endless. endless. And also, but, you know, I think some people can spend too much time trying to get, let's say, the website right or get the yes. branding right. And I found that if you, sw- if you want to do it, you can just do it. Correct. So um, you were talking about working mamas earlier. Um, I did that when I was on um, furlough. And I've been talking about it for years with my friend, let's do something in this arena. And when I was furloughed, she ran me up. In fact, she just finished reading Karen Brady's book. Mm. She's like, oh, she's like you're fur- why don't we just do it? And instead of like spending like weeks then trying to create the perfect website and the perfect branding, we just did it. And within a week, we had a website up and running. And we've been doing it, and we're on um, Instagram now, and we're building our um, followers and engaging with them. And... Yes, you, you can't just do it. You know, don't spend too much time thinking about one aspect. When you do you know why people do it. that though? It's because it's the sexy bit. Yeah. So it's easy to spend easy. days and hours doing your logo. And I did this the first time: the logo, the brand, the website. Because you feel like you're doing something yeah. worthwhile, but actually you're not. Yeah. You're wasting time because your your logo and your website is as good as they can be. They're probably not going to be what gets you the money. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, like my website took me a weekend to do and I just did it. I just like, I like this, I like this team and it works and I, I just did it because my website's only to show people what my services are. Yeah, who you are, what you do, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I kept and this is, I, I always say, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, 70% is good enough. If it gets to 70 or 80%, just get it out the door. Don't yes. don't waste time on that extra 20% or yes. 30% because uh, it won't make a single jot of difference. Yeah, that was my thinking exactly. I was like, I want to get this done and I just want to start. And once I start getting the business and once I'm, I'm earning an income, yep. I'll, I'll get someone to have a look at the website. Exactly that. Which the SEO. And, and so when the security it. awareness training company that I started, that started and it had, a, it had the world's worst name. It was called the Business Fraud Prevention Partnership, or BFPP for short. Either way, definitely not catchy. Used to get introduced by the wrong name frequently. Um, but at the time, you know, it was a cheap logo. I spun up a website. Took me probably a weekend to do the whole look and feel because it was rubbish. But I built the business on that. Yeah. It didn't. No one really cared. And then when it got to the point where we were successful and we had staff and I, there was money in the business to be able to do it, we, we did a whole rebrand. And, um, you know, that helped us go on from strength to strength. But it it didn't matter that first bit that I had a terrible brand. They, you know, clients were just interested in, is it good? Does it do what you're trying to trying to get it set out to do? And can I afford it? Oh, That's all that really yeah, matters. completely. I mean, my brand is me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I didn't spend ages thinking, oh, what name can I come up with? It was just Shalina Vega Media. You know, that, my well, brand for you, is that me. is perfect, isn't it? Because yeah. you are leveraging your relationships. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you're selling a widget, you know, you probably wouldn't have called it yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely it that, but, yeah but 100% like and, yeah. and that's the other thing people you know if people have already got their own established brand they need to use that yeah yeah and you know and it's my friend actually who um has name I'm Khalid who's a lawyer and who I've founded and working mamas with 
and she's been my biggest sort of support and ally in this. And she's like, you don't need to, you don't need another name. You are your business. You are you. Good advice. And you know, it was yeah, it was great advice. And um, you know, and now every time I'm doing something like Taz, can I just run this by you? <laughs> and just having that network of support has been really valuable to me. Just like having my husband support me, having friends who sort of they know me and they know what I want to do they also know Manchester really well so it's having that support network has been really um great but like you were talking about earlier um I do miss not being able to go out to networking events and I don't know how long it's going to be before we're able to um do that and you know when you're in a business like mine and yourself it's all about meeting people and letting them know what you're doing so that's changed the dynamics and how you then reach to your reach your clients. An so. interesting time to start a business. Yeah, I, well, my business I interviewed that started off during the recession and 10 years later now are doing amazingly well. I keep thinking, if I well, can do this now. And that's it, exactly. If you can survive now, you are going to be bulletproof. Exactly, going forward. exactly. That, that was my um, thinking and it is risky, but I'm, I'm, a very, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a very risk-averse person, actually. So interesting. Yeah, <laughs> to this was completely out of my comfort zone hmm, why is that then how's that happened you know obviously you're not obviously not that risk averse because you won't be sat here with your own business oh, be, oh, it's definitely having taken voluntary redundancy because i know i've got, got a comfort i've got comfort uh, like a, yeah yeah so, so if, if i hadn't had that would i have just walked out of a job that i really love and well that's fine i think that's a, again that's a misconception that people always think you have to risk everything or, or you have to have investment mm. and you don't. No. You know, so when I started, I didn't risk everything. I had pretty much zero savings. Well, I didn't have anything to start up with. I started with a really bad laptop. It used to crash all the time. I had no investment money. Um, all I had was when I left the law firm, I got part-time work. Yeah. So I, I managed through a friend of a friend, again, just network really. Yeah managed to get a part-time lecturing job. So I, what I did was, and it was at the law school in town that, that does part-time course on the weekend. So I worked all week on my new business. And at the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, I went and did part-time lecturing. But that that was my kind of comfort blanket. But I think it's a misconception that you need to you know, risk everything or you need to go and get a hundred grand of investment. You don't. No. It, I, I, and I think that sometimes people just need to think, well, how could I do it? What? Could I do something part-time to get me going? Could I even launch it while I'm still working, just working in the evenings? Um, You know, working five to nine rather than nine to five or both. Um, But that's, yeah, it's a big misconception that. Yeah, no, my outlet was £40 for my um, website and then I've had to return my laptop back to whatever. I'm getting a new laptop this weekend, so that's my outgoing costs and and just then doing the... I guess the boring bit just has like getting yourself signed up at a company's house, which is like twelve pounds. Yeah, <laughs> so it's dead easy, really, it's, isn't it? And that's really that's another thing. I was on, online looking at doing this, and there's so many businesses offering people to do that for them and charging them like hundred pounds. Um, no, you could go into a company's house and do it yourself quid. for twelve pounds. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, and the beauty about a sort of service-based businesses, the setup costs are minimal. minimal it's your yeah. time, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah. You obviously need a little bit, maybe just if you want to get a logo made yeah. or someone to help you with the website because you, you might be able to. But you can still do loads of that yourself. Like there's Canva.com. You can. Oh, Canva's you can, brilliant. Amazing. Canva is exactly. Great. So yes. Yeah, and so that's completely free. You yeah. can, you know, you can 
beg, borrow, rubbish laptop like I did when I first yeah. started. It was my then girlfriend, now wife. It was her laptop of old, which was, and it was terrible. Um, yeah. And there's so much you can do for free. So I, when I first started BFPP, then the defence works. I thought my idea was so unique, I had to get it developed. And I, I spent probably best part of a month researching how to develop it, what platforms I'd need to, to develop it on, um, and reaching out to investors. Uh, and long story short, again, another friend of mine just sat me down and went, Eddie, you, you're mental. You need to sit and actually just look what you're trying to build. It will be out there yeah. in some form. Whether that's it's already been built and you can kind of use that to build upon, or it's using things like WordPress, which have a plugin library and you can basically plug things in together to make them talk to each other. Or there's websites like Zapier where you can link like a CRM system with a form and vice versa. Um, you can almost like fudge together a basic version of it. So what I ended up doing was I actually eventually found some software online that was open source, so free to use. And I used that as the platform to build upon. And I've got no technical background in terms of code or anything. Just use Google. Yeah. Googled how to set that up, yep. set it up, yeah. created my first course, yeah. which was terrible, by the way. But that enabled me to get that first customer, 15 quid a month, yeah. um, which is laughable now, but at the time was a huge moment. And actually, I'd cut out all that need for investment or development costs and anything like that, and I'd built it for free. Yeah. And the platform that we built upon, which was free, um, yes, I did customise over time as the, the web, uh, as the business grew, but that was the platform um that was still the platform we were servicing clients on when I sold the business. Yeah, yeah. So something that I thought I needed to spend loads of money yeah. on or get investment and give precious equity away from, I used for free, built for free, and was adequate enough to get an exit on the back of. Yeah, yeah. Um it's just yeah, it's amazing what you can get and what information, particularly, you know, it's out there. Yeah, Google's yeah. the your yeah, friend. Absolutely. And you know, obviously you know, if you're growing your business, you know, hopefully you'll get to a stage where you can invest in it and pay a professional to come yeah. and like pay yourself uh, a wage, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and and have a look. But just because you've got a brand and some products, trying to sell is is the hardest bit, and just having a website isn't enough. Uh, but you know, it can be done. Can be done. Yeah, it can be done. Well, I think that's a a point. Is you know the the harsh reality of starting a business is loads of businesses fail, and you'll have seen lots come and go in yeah. your time and. And it, but that's something that we should, you know, highlight really because I think when you're going into starting your own business, you have to have some acceptance that it could fail. Statistics tell yeah. you it will. Yeah, and you know, and, and embrace that because you, know, you can only learn from that journey. And you know, I've spoken to lo lots of entrepreneurs who have failed and have started, and not one has ever said to me, "I regret doing that because it's pushed them into doing something different, or it's helped them be a better businessman or woman to then do the next thing." So. Yeah, it's just it's just being aware and being aware sooner than rather than later. One of bits of my advice would be if someone's really passionate about starting their own business and maybe they don't even know what they want to do yet, would be if they can to try and get employed at a startup um, and and get involved in it and learn from it. If they if they're at that point where they maybe you know don't yeah probably don't know what they want to do, I think you can learn so much by being so close to a startup founder and kind of. And trying to get really involved, and uh, potentially even if you're impressed, you might get an opportunity within that to to sort of get oh, a, yeah. to get a senior position anyway. Yeah. But what what other advice would you give to someone who is maybe sat listening, thinking, 
I'd like to start my own business, but I'm I'm just not sure what to do next. I'll d- definitely do your research and um, look at the marketplace. Um, look at what other people are doing. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, I don't think anything is unique. No. You know, somebody's done a version of it. Others like, you know, 20,000 people doing it all over the UK. It's okay to have a look at what they're doing and doing something similar. Competition is good. Absolutely. You know. Um, and sometimes people are really scared of competition, but sometimes competition is also your end goal. Yes. So when I first started, the company that acquired the Defence Works was, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. Now, had I been intimidated and gone, oh, there's no point because they're already there. Well, all I did was do something very similar, but just with a slightly different take on it. But then that company acquired the company. Yeah. So it's interesting. The yeah. competition, actually, you shouldn't ever, you know, I don't know, have a negative feeling towards competition. Oh, they, they should, A, push you to do better or push you to do do something different. Different, exactly. Um, but they also could be the people who might then acquire your company. So oh, don't, yeah, or, don't... Or somebody that, you know, you might collaborate with yeah. um, and you know, don't ever look at somebody else and see them as your competition and, you know, you want to beat them. It's not, it's not a game. So has there been anything particularly you've really struggled with in addition to what we've already mentioned? So... I think a lot of people struggle with this, men and women. I think women talk about it a bit more. That's this imposter syndrome. You know, I come from a very, you know, working class background. You know, my dad was a taxi driver. My mum, you know, she was a machinist at home and didn't speak English. And, you know, and then to go from that to where I, I was, it was quite a journey. And I still had moments where, like, what am I doing here? Like, we sat around a table full of people and, you know, they're really senior and, you know, just loads of pinch me moments. And I'd be, and some of them that call me saying, and say to me, can you be part of our panel? And I'm like, why are you bringing me up? You know, and, and I've always been like happy to be asked, you know, and I've always done it. But almost but shocked, even though Almost shocked, like, you know, and, you know, I've had, you know, struggle with a bit of self-doubt now and then. And I think that's really common. Yeah. Like, well, not even really I think it's very common because I similar you know working class background dad worked in a shop mum was a housewife um and I, I grew up in Scunthorpe which is the the most working class northern town you could ever come across stereotypical sort of steel working town and then I obviously was in the police joined the law firm which was a international law firm and you know surrounded by people Cambridge Oxford educated and I'm definitely not um and and I probably had imposter syndrome there, but then when I started my own business, it was like amplified even more in a way because I was like, oh well, now I definitely am yeah. blagging it, yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though you're not clearly because you <laughs> you know you're obviously very skilled in what you do, but you you weirdly feel like you are. And so yeah, you know I, I've been invited to panels. I was invited to, to Nice and Prague to do some talks, and I'm thinking, why are you inviting me? Yeah. Yeah. But. But people shouldn't underestimate what value they can probably bring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just telling people that I'm winging it because (laughs) I'm not. Like, winging it makes it almost like you're not doing a great job. But um, You mentioned earlier on, obviously, you've got children. So how many children have you got, if you don't mind? I've got two, a five-year-old and a um, two-year-old. Okay, well, I feel your pain. I've got an (laughs) 11-month-old. So, yeah, and working around kids isn't the easiest thing <laughs> to no. do he's working around um my two-year-old and it's constantly mummy 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 can i have a snack mummy can i do this mummy can i watch watch that and it's nice that she's there and of you course know, yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and that's very polite of yeah. you to say. <laughs> but it's hard it's hard working around children you know um 
school drop-offs, the pickups, and then I've got football and swimming and trying to juggle work and then making dinner and, and doing all the other stuff around that is it's a juggle. Yeah, and I, and I you know I bet there are parents listening to this who definitely can relate to that. You know, I, I can you know thankfully my wife is extremely hands-on more more so than I, so I have less of a pressure to do a lot of that stuff. But it's it's a hard balance still to strike when you're trying to grow start a business, grow a business finding time and making time it's really important um obviously but not easy it's uh, definitely not easy but now i'm thinking you know i've got this business i've got a young girl i've got you know i've got, I've got, I've got a son as well and i want them to be proud of me and what mummy's done it's one of the things when um, i left journalism or left the mainstream news was that oh, my kids might never know me as a journalist and True. to me that was sad <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they might read about the stuff I've done. They might read the stuff that I've written about. But I felt like might not know me in their young life as a journalist. But now I'm thinking, I want them to know me as mum who's got her own business and she's doing great things. And I want to be a role model for both of them. Yeah. So and and that's really important to me. And you know, when I started this, I think I always had that in the back of my head that I want to create something that they will also be proud of. And that drives into your passion, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Because you know. You are going to be passionate about something because that's a good driver for you yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's not about money. You know, if I can earn what I earned before, you know, that's great. If I earn more than that, that's a bonus. And, and that's a typical goal for people who are starting out. It was for me. Like if I, my goal was always, if I can earn by myself what I was earning in my job, that is amazing. Yeah. And that, once you get to that, it frees you completely because then you go, well, I've done that. Yeah. So now I'm back to, I'm back at level yes. playing field. Now, yeah. now what can I do? Yes. Now it's the exciting bit. Now yeah. what can I really achieve? And, you know, if I, once I've got my wage in the bag, I can start, you know, uh, hiring people. I mean, for me, actually, weirdly, I, so I got to the point in the business where I could take the wage I would have done, but I didn't, I, ju I just took a basic and, and kept uh, reinvest in it because I'm uh, I guess I'm foolish maybe but just wanted to keep reinvesting it to grow the business um, but it I think that moment of yeah being able to realize you can take that wage if yeah. you need it yeah. is is really yeah. powerful yeah and that's the stage that I want to want to um, get at and I think that'll be it's definitely achievable so I'm quite excited about that and if I could get that wage and not work as hard um, even better but I, don't, I can't see that happening your work <laughs> thing is it feels different though it, you don't I don't think you you will work more hours yeah. and you will work harder in a way but when you're working for yourself it's very different yeah. well that's my experience of it I, I I've never really felt tired or exhausted with building my own thing but when I was building what it felt like to me when I was like particularly at the law firm I felt like I was building someone else's dream not mine. Mm. When you're building your own dream, it's not as tiring, weirdly. Mm. If you think, um, obviously, parents listening, they might be worried that they can't do it if they've got kids or that that's going to be a limitation to them. Do you think that's... Oh, no. Um, I think people understand you know, people got kids yeah. and you have to work around. Whether you're employed or self-employed, it doesn't make a difference. There's a better understanding that... We have to work around kids, and it's, it's that balancing act, yeah. and it's just and you have to balance that whether you're working or whether you're working for yourself. 
and it's just how how you manage again it's all about time management as well isn't it it's how you manage that time making sure that your kids get from you what they need to and you're then putting your time into your business when you when you can and you know is that something that you can do or you can't do something you have to ask yourself and you know do you make some sacrifices so um you'll be working longer hours and you might not be able to like make that football get to the gym yeah yeah so um it's just i think it's about having realistic expectations like we said you're never going to make money overnight no you're not going to be driving the the red lambo tomorrow you're not going to be in that mansion in a year and that's the thing we we mentioned actually before we sort of uh, started recording was everything takes quite a long time and there's a that's the biggest misconception that i dealt with myself as well was i thought it happened not overnight i never believe in overnight success stories but I did think it might happen quicker. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, even even by standards, my journey was still quite quick, but yeah. that a lot of that was luck. Yeah. Um, so I think people, when they do start off in the journey, just some awareness that it will take quite a long time yes, and you yeah. need to be, you need to be hardworking, you need to be persistent, but give it time. Yes. Because it, it takes time to build something. So, I mean, hopefully if you speak to me in a year's time, I've got a different Absolutely. story. <laughs> to um tell i mean because i've worked for such a long time i'm a bit conditioned into being an employee and it's hard to get out of that mindset that you are now your own boss and i still look at linkedin at, at jobs and it's not because i'm serious about applying for another <laughs> yeah. job i'm still constantly looking at what other opportunities yeah. there are because i guess there's a bit of worry in me like what if it doesn't work out or what if i don't get the money in to pay my bills so i guess you know just like it's a mindset, isn't it? And it's getting out of that employee mindset into, you know, being your own boss mindset. It's, that doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. It, it, yeah, it, exactly. It's gradual and it yeah. takes a little bit of time. And um, when you, there'll be certain goals you hit which will start to chip away at that. Yeah. And one of them will be, when can I take that that wage, for example? Yes, exactly. Um, and that'll be a key one. Because yeah. then you'll be like, actually, yeah, I've, I've got this and now I can build on this to make yeah. it grow. And when you first get that first, I guess, paycheck, from the first client yeah that's quite a special moment yeah exactly and I think you know before I got my clients on board and I was looking at LinkedIn like what else can I do if I don't get any clients and I want to look, look at LinkedIn and look at the um the wage that in a particular job is offering and I'm like actually I can make more than that and this <laughs> and is the other thing I think no it's true though because it's I think it's easier to earn a sort of wage than people think it is yeah. so typical take-home pay is not that difficult to achieve mm. if you know what you're doing in yeah. terms of you know you you could do any job and probably be able to achieve that as a self-employed person quite easily that sounds a little bit misleading but what i mean by that is in your head if you're paid twenty-five thousand pound a year you think you've got to get twenty-five thousand pound a year but it's not by the time you've been taxed and stuff you never get twenty-five thousand pound in your pocket yeah so it's a different it's yeah. a different goal that's what people initially think it is. Yeah, absolutely. And what I did was like um, sort of split my wage from when I work was working to a daily rate. Yep. And then went off that, and if I could make more, that's than a really a daily good way. Rate. That's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. So, so people who are listening, break down what you get monthly, not your total salary, what you get monthly in your bank account. Break that down by working days. Yeah. And you'll probably be upset yeah yeah you'd be surprised actually <laughs> yeah because uh, then you because then you can you can equate that to well if i set up this or that or whatever it be i only need to sell x of it 
or why of it yep. to achieve more. Exactly, yeah. So again, you know, that's only been a transition in the last couple of weeks in trying to get your head around that. Yep. So, you know, it's, for me, it has definitely been a, a journey and you know, I'm still learning. You know, hey, <laughs> look, I, you know, I, I'm still learning. You know, I, I've exited a business and I'm, I'm starting a new journey because I can't sit still, clearly. Um, but I'm still learning. I, and, I, and for me, that's the bit that I love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I feel like I'm a better mum, a better wife, and uh, you know everything just fits into place. I just need my builder to finish my living room off, and <laughs> I can get my house back and really sort of get focused. Well, so hopefully, you know, we'll speak again in the not too distant future, hopefully, a year's yeah. time. Um, plans for the business? At the moment, it's. Um, just starting off small, I guess, you know, being, re- again, realistic about how much I can do and just making sure that the clients that I've got at the moment, you know, that the clients that hopefully will stay with me and, you know, next year, they, you know, I'm growing with them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, two of my clients are startups and, you know, I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, their success and is your success exactly, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's doing that. But eventually, I'd like to have a team of people, and that might be in a year's time, that might be a couple of years' time. I, I, d- I don't know yet. But, you know, when you start this journey, you don't know where it's going to take you. It might be that I end up adding a different element to my business. Yep. It might, I might see that another part of my business is actually doing better, and I focus on that. I don't know. And that's that, what, I think that's an exciting part. Yeah, that's scary and exciting. Because we're, we're at the dawn of it at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see your business grows that's shalina begum just weeks into her journey of her new startup shalina begum media and as you heard she made her leap of faith following an offer of voluntary redundancy all whilst juggling being a busy mum of two and as we mentioned during the episode there are often many different triggers to people wanting to make that jump So if you're sat listening to this podcast thinking about starting a business, what might your trigger be? Or perhaps you've already made the jump yourself. What was your trigger? I'd love to hear it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can also find out more about how to take that first step into starting your business without the bullshit over at gofounder.com. Special thanks to Shalina Begum and to you for listening to Business Knobs from GoFounder.